out on the high seas. It's a dog-eat-dog-eat, -eat, bird-eat-other-bird's-food kind of world. You're never safe when you have Boaty to take home to the little ones. You'll have to keep your eyes on the skies, as there lurks a thief with wings blacker than his heart. Ready to wring the devil out of you and set sail with your precious treasure. So, if you're a tropical island bird, you better watch for the shadow of the magnificent frigate bird. You're on life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal information. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. Thank you to Cassie for the creation of our theme song. To hear more of Cassie's music, please search Cassie Michelle on YouTube or Spotify. And a very special thank you to Johanna for the creation of this week's artwork. To check that out, you can follow us on Facebook or Twitter at LD Taxonomy or visit us at our home on the web at LDTaxonomy.com. And another very special thank you to our patrons to Tristan Taylor, Jesse Raspolich, Carol Raspolich, and Richard Kaspar. Thank you so much for your uh, contribution. And, uh, oh man, I can't remember what my what my spiel was. I do this all from memory. Uh, it's greatly <laughs> yes. appreciated. Thanks for helping us keep the lights on. There we go. So I, yeah. I, me I mentioned this to my, um, my, my uncle who listened to a couple episodes and he was like, thanks for helping us keep the lights on. I was like, yes, that's what I say. <laughs> Uh, but, so, but yeah, just a reminder, if you would like to, uh, be a patron, it's, you can for, I think just for $5, get the, uh, the before show, um, what, uh, us recording before, like our, our little warm up to warm up our voices, but ultimately it's a way to, uh, like you said, keep the lights on. Help yeah, us and show if you, your, if you show your appreciation. And you, you get access to all of the all the ones we've done so far, and that library will just keep growing. So uh, if you don't have it now, if you want to check back in in six months, there will be a lot more content for you to check out. This week we talked about Airbnbs, our experiences, and uh, Andor a little bit. And, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, and today we're talking about the real Pirates of the Caribbean, but not the movie. More on that later. Pirates of the entire southwestern hemisphere. That's true, but also for for copyright purposes, Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> that is the only time I ever call it the the Caribbean. It does sound like an A or a U, but it's an I. And I think it's because I th I think we would call it Pirates of the Caribbean, but. At at the beginning, in the first movie, Jack says, "Welcome to the Caribbean, love," and then that's the that's that's what it's just called. That's the whole series is called Pirates of the. Maybe that's the British Caribbean. Way yeah, maybe it is, or maybe it's the Johnny Depp way of saying it. Mm. It's just eclectic for him. But what are we talking about? Not we're talking about the magnificent frigate bird. That's not just an adjective; it's also part of its name. Yeah, whenever I was we, we were doing this, and I, I I kept writing magnificent. I just thinking of um, Benicio del Toro's character in Infinity War, where 
with like Thanos tricks them and he's just in his cage going magnificent and like holding his hands over his mouth like a weirdo. <laughs> I don't remember that. I think, you know, I've only seen Infinity War once. Watch it again with Man. your with 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 uh, with the mind of like, what would I do in this situation? And you'll no. be you'll be disappointed. No, um. Um, but <clears throat> it's called the Magnificent Frigate Bird. Mm-hmm. Which is a that is a mouthful. That is a title. That is a an accolade. Um, but it's all they're also known as mana mana war birds for reasons that will become apparent. Um, but we're gonna call them here the boisterous ballooning battle birds, the redneck yoink club, Same. uh and rob the tomato. Nice. Do you know what do you wanna know what science would call it? I sure would. The scientific method would call this uh, <laughs> kingdom. It's in the kingdom. Animalia. It's in the. You know it. You love it. You gotta have it. You're in inside of it. Uh, it's in the phylum uh, Chordata, which is a spine that's inside of you. Uh, the class is Aves. That's birds. The order is Soliformes. Soliformes, which Sweet is. What is that? Seabirds? Birds of the sea? Are you sea? asking me? I think it's seabirds. A specific group of seabirds. And then the family is Fregatidae. Fregatidae. And the genus is Fregata. I forgot. <laughs> I, for, I forgot of the species. I forgot, a, I forgot to bring you a present for your birthday. <laughs> Uh, the species is, um, the binomial name is Fregata Magnific- Magnificens, would you say? Soft C Mag- or Magnificens? I would definitely say Magnificens. Magnificens. Fregata Magnificens. So, since we're in the business of naming things, it's time for my favorite part of the show. Critter Groups. The part of the show where I ask you, Joe, a question, and that question is the same every time. What is the name of a group of this animal, or what is the name... What is the term of venery, or what is the collective noun? It's all the same. Uh, if you saw a group of frigate birds, would you call it A, a flock of frigate birds? B, a fix of frigate birds? C, a flurry of frigate birds? Or D, a flotilla of frigate birds? A flurry? Fl- flotilla? Give me the first two again. Flock and fix. Can you can you sense a pattern and a theme? F. Um. You got it. <laughs> the I'll give you a hint. The answer starts with F. Okay, good. I'm gonna go with flock. Final answer. You pick the most boring one. Yeah. And you're incorrect. These are ornithologists we're talking about. They are on their term of venery game. The answer True, is D, it was flotilla. a flotilla. Dang it. Flotilla. You know, you know, it was again. It was again. <laughs> I didn't go with my gut. I went with my thoughts, which would which would be flock is so boring that it just might be right. Um, yeah. yeah. You're thinking you're thinking of uh, what entomologists, fish. the insects. Or yeah, the ichthyologists, the fish. It's all schools. It doesn't matter. Why? Why would we invest any thought into this? It doesn't matter. 
um, and and to to an extent they're they're right, <laughs> but um, the the ornithologists are so just invested in their craft that they um, have gone out of the way to create vibrant terms of venery for most of the families, orders and families of uh, of birds. So I always love doing a bird, so I get to do critter groups and I don't have to scrounge to find something to quiz you on. <laughs> Because we're doing another lizard or something like that. Um, but yeah, a flotilla of frigate birds. It's perfect. It's it's perfect. It really uh, is. Okay. Would you like to have me describe it to you? Yeah, I would. Okay. Well, males are all black except for their throats, which are bright red. They have a throat pouch that can be inflated like a balloon. More on that later. Some black feathers have a purple iridescence in the light. Similar species um, of seabird have green ones, green iridescence. So that makes these guys pretty unique. Uh, females are black uh, with white chests and brown on their wings. So they're... A, Instead of the red, they have just a, a white color. Um, and then they also have uh, a blue ring around their eyes that are exclusive to the females. So if you're looking at a uh, if you're looking at a bird that looks kind of like a frigate bird and you see a blue ring, it's like that's definitely a female blue frigate frigate bird. You can you can <laughs> next time you're out on the boat with your uh, friends and family, you can be like ah, a, a frigate bird, a female, a beautiful specimen. And they'll be and all if you, like, uh, you are an ornithologist of it all. You're the ornithologist of us all. Um, <laughs> and if you see another bird with a giant red sack sticking out of the front of its body, then you can also know that that is a frigate bird, but a male <laughs> yeah. this time. Very true. Uh, young birds have white heads and white underbellies in addition to the black. So that's that. But that brings us to uh, my favorite part of the show and yours. One second. I have to pull up my spiel. I didn't. Not I don't want to be. I don't usually need it, but I don't want to be. Whenever I'm flying. This is your favorite part of the show. The part of the show that's. that's uh, <laughs> yeah, see? Uh, introduced that's Introduced by you. When you, pay, when you <laughs> say singer chitter, the words measure forgot, up to life at the dichotomy at gmail.com. forgot the fact that it's relatable. <laughs> Welcome to the Love Measure Up segment, the official listener's favorite part of the show. The part of the show when we present the animal's size and dimensions uh, in relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for the whole family. It's also part of the show. <clears throat> it's hard. See? See how hard it is? I know. It's also part of the show that's introduced by you when you send an audio of sub saying, saying you're chittering. The words measure up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We don't have any measure up intro this week. Uh, so that means we get to hear from an animal. We're going to hear from an animal again. We must. Do you have that written down? Uh, they do. I do have it written down. Which wait, what? What do you mean? I was terrified. The I thought I lost spiel? you. I muted it because I was uh, vetting some animal sounds, and I wanted to make sure that they didn't say the animal's name. Uh. Um. Yeah, I have. I have the spiel written down. Sure. Okay. You're a professional. Um, you you script it out. Well, I, like I, I have to be looking at the pair. I don't read the paragraph. I just look at it like I, I stare past it into the middle distance. 
and then I can say the whole it, thing. You absorb it via yes. osmosis of the eyes. Yeah. <laughs> just reading, I guess. <laughs> but every time I don't have it, I get the yips, even though I could, I do know it. Anyway. I, I feel like having it would 100% give me the yips. Anytime I have to read something, like my notes are just are just that they're notes i just talk from them but if i have something like a joke or something that i specifically want to say oh that's that's when it that's when it all breaks down Things it's also part oh conquest style it's also an introduction to the to the to the just random like quiz questions and numbers on the page on the website so without it it's just like what the heck is this if you if for some True. reason you're just reading it um which I don't think many people do. But without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. So what was that? Would you like a would you like me to muster up? I don't have a a uh Yep, muster it. I you need to muster some multiple choice for me. I'm not. I'm not taking the ACT here. I'm taking the SAT. Is it A a Pomeranian? Is it B a fox? Is it C a coyote? Or is it D a hyena? I'm gonna say fox, and it's only because I was just watching a playthrough of someone play uh, like a one of those indie siren head games and, the, and there's a fox there, like you get attacked by wildlife in that game and there's a fox that attacked him and it made a sound similar to that so we're going to go with fox final answer yep that is correct yeah thank you siren head <laughs> so let's i guess since you got that right let's give you five percent or uh cash back on your um nursing school victory. on my discover card yeah um on all Amazon and Walmart.com. I had, I had the idea of like, what if we changed to measure up to make it, because it takes up like a good amount of real estate in the runtime of the show. What if we changed it so that like, instead of you doing math, I just tell you the amount, the amount, and you tell me what I measured it by um, with multiple choice to make it go a little faster. But... We can decide oh, that like, later. Like, oh, it's it's 20 of this. Is it A, the biggest cake in the world? Well, I'll B, say, like, it's 20 frigate birds. Uh, yeah, what? It's like, a, yeah, it's like this thing. Like, with the, it'll almost be like a Jeopardy question. I'll be like, this thing is 20, uh, blah, blah, like, and have a little hint and then be like, and it's also 20 frigate birds long or something like that. This thing, built in 1968, is 20 yes. frigate birds long. Yeah, exactly. And then was that was that a good it. Alex Trebek impression or a bad one? I can't. I don't. I never really watched Jeopardy. <laughs> That's pretty decent. Now it's a Miam Bialik and friends. What? And the, it's a a woman's name who run who does Jeopardy now that Alex Trebek Miam. Yeah. Okay. M I A M. Mian. Yeah. Okay. I've heard it said Miam, but I don't know. Miam Bialik is probably just as right. It sounds like you're trying to be a cat. Meow Bialik. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, that, that was very jellical of you, I have to say. <laughs> Let's talk length. 
They're between 89 and 114 centimeters, or 2 feet and 11 inches to 3 feet and 9 inches. How many frigate birds go into the longest ever soccer goal? And that means like the longest distance somebody kicked a soccer ball in a game to a soccer to to get a goal, not the size of the goal. It would have to be Anyway, give me your give me your your fast fact. Here's a hint, it's not fast. It's regular speed. Okay. The goal was made by Tom King. Uh, playing for Newport County in the UK in January 2021. Recent. It's a recent record. We got an RR here. Uh, too bad England couldn't stop the long shot that the US brought them on the 26th. Yeah, I, I forget that the World Cup is happening until I like jump on a meeting with some of my coworkers, and they a lot of them are based in London and they talk about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's going on. Well, I've just – I this year I've been very aware of it because of the f- hilarious memes of like – because like I guess on the internet, in the various tubes on the internet, um, the UK UK fans were like troll – like absolutely trolling us and uh, making fun of the US team. And then we tied. Uh, it was like a complete like underdog like – long shot apparently um and then we tied so it's just there's been a ton of really funny memes where like america like it's americans dunking on the british with like over the top patriotic stuff for a tie and that's just tickled me pink dunking on the british with tea (laughs) (laughs) yeah um interesting interesting uh, man if if there was a sport i was gonna get into and watch soccer would be so far down the list <laughs> well there was a fun like after a goal uh i don't after the tie i don't know if i was gonna say after a goal but there wasn't a goal it was zero to zero one of the players on the u.s team lifted up his shirt to reveal an undershirt and on the undershirt it said it's called soccer and that just that just that just pickles my prawns. Like, I like that a lot. <laughs> it pickles your prawns. <laughs> I, for a lot of people, I bet it chapped their khakis, though. Yeah, yeah. Pick, actually, pickled prawns. Pickled my prawns sounds like another version of chapped my khakis. Yeah, grinds my gears. It's one of those things where it's like, I'm not sure if that's a good or a bad thing. Um. But like it, it reminded me of tickled pink, and so yes, that's, that's yeah. It. So <laughs> anyway, I, that, that's about all I want to think about soccer for for a month. That's my that's my um a lot my mental allotment my psychic allotment for soccer every month is is um a, a grand total of six minutes Zero. of conversation. Um, so I'm gonna say a, eighty because. Pink. Um, yeah, I'm going to assume that this person kicked it from the other goal. And I don't know how large soccer fields are, but I know that in like high schools, they just use football fields as soccer fields. They They're aren't standardized. Not. They're probably not all the same, but that's all I've got to go on. I'm going to assume that it's a 100 yard. I learned uh, that field. on um, I learned that on Ted Lasso, that some of them are bigger than others. 
that is that would be good knowledge to know for this particular instance but i don't know it so i'm gonna assume it's 100 yards which means it's 80 frigate birds final answer yep the correct answer was 84 frigate birds that is a win a win (laughs) for me the goal is zero to zero that is a one to zero win uh the goal was 96 meters or 315 feet noise <laughs> i figured that well, you like you can't make a. it wouldn't in a game you can't make a goal that's longer than the field itself so that's about all i had to go on yeah no i don't think you could i'm surprised um, it doesn't have more often though whoops i dropped my mouse but that that but like you could see that, the it, it's a the long, only reason is these like these people kick a long way. <laughs> they're good at kicking. That's what they do. That's what they're you here can, for. But the goalie will have like so much time to react to like the trajectory of it. The problem was it bounced in such a way that it perfectly like was too high for him because he he was up a little bit. He was going to like I guess catch it or something, but then it bounced and it went over his head in such a way that he couldn't he couldn't possibly reach it and bounced in but uh that's that we don't have to talk about soccer anymore unless the u.s wins at all in which case we must um let's talk weight 1.1 to 1.59 kilograms or two pounds seven ounces to three pounds eight ounces how many frigate birds Go into the weight of the How manhole. How many freaking cover. birds? I didn't say that. <laughs> that is what you said. How many freaking birds go into the weight? <laughs> it's like, calm down. Why are you so mad? How many frigate birds go into the weight of the manhole covers stolen in New York City in the spring of 2012? What is the weight again? I mean, what is the weight of the bird again? I got really distracted when you said freaking birds. Three pounds, eight ounces. Okay. I didn't say freaking birds. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess so frigate sounds like friggin' if you say it. It sure does. Um, so that's three well, and a half pounds. Here's a hint. Every once in a while, manhole cover crime sprees crop up in major cities. Despite the fact that they are extremely heavy... Uh, in public areas and only sell scrap only sell to scrap dealers for around thirty dollars um, it is a crime not worth committing and people do it all the time um, pound for pound they may be less valuable than collecting cans um, obviously like it's a big score all at once but like if you can find the same weight in cans you get the same like more money yeah you gotta um, find a lot of cans yeah but like they're not so in in 2012 a new york city man dressed in reflective uh dressed in a reflective vest and carried a men working sign to steal man manhole covers that were around 300 pounds um that's very helpful information in reality they were probably different weights um sidewalk manhole covers are lighter than road covers obviously the sidewalk ones don't need to be thick as thieves. thieves? <laughs> ah, and this uh, is the frigate bird. It's a thief. And so is the person it. stealing manhole covers. 
But the New York Times uh, reported that many of them were actually 300 pounds. So we're going to assume they all were for the math. All right. I'm kind of like, why would you want to like steal something that's 300 pounds that only sells for $30? Because you're making a, a, a collage uh, out of manhole covers in your in your weird manhole cover basement. And you need like you, you're trying to make a wall out of manhole covers and not and so you're gonna need one particular resource and that's manhole covers. <laughs> I'm gonna say sixty-eight hundred. I'm gonna assume that there were eighty stolen in twenty twenty twelve. Final answer. Yes. The correct answer. The correct answer is two thousand two hundred and twenty-eight. Oh, this guy's a small-time criminal. Yeah, he's Hux. The I thought thieves, that he was organized. The thieves stole 26 covers, totaling 7,800 7, pounds. He didn't even try. There are apparently um, more intense and magnificent crime sprees involving uh, manhole covers in L.A., uh, like particularly one in 1990. But I couldn't find any corroborating evidence, just a dubious site that was talking about that the biggest things stolen. And the, uh, was the site manhole covers for me <laughs> dot, dot net? <laughs> it's the it's the black market uh, manhole cover trading site. Yeah, apparently there is a black market for manhole covers. <clears throat> Can you get guess, it minted as an NFT? No, because it's a physical object. But take a picture of it. Yeah, a picture of it. <laughs> Digitize me, Captain. <laughs> that's, what the, that's what the manhole cover is crying out. Um, interesting, interesting. Um, yeah. Um, stop doing that. It causes more problems than it's worth. It also like leaves two foot, two foot wide gaps for people to fall into and break their femurs. Yeah. How far down does that go? I mean, I've never a good amount. Depend, I've never depends. opened one or gone down one. I've just seen the movies and it's like, like 20 feet or something like that. There's like a ladder you need. <clears throat> Maybe that, not that it, much, but isn't that one of the, uh, the things in like the King of the Hill scaling videos where like one of them moves a manhole cover with ease. And it's like that's three hundred pounds, and he <laughs> he blew on it really hard, and it flew over. Uh, look at the power of those lungs. Okay, um, would you like to hear some fast facts before we get into the major fact? Yeah, I would. I think I'm done saying manhole for the for the rest of the <laughs> the video. All right, the rest of the, the podcast. All right, let's close our manholes and get to this. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's talk range. Uh, the magnificent frigate bird lives all over the tropical Atlantic. Um, they live in Florida, the Caribbean, and along the Pacific coast, especially uh, on the other side of the, just on the other side of um, the Panama Canal in that area. But uh, all over the Pacific coasts of North and South America. But they can also be found outside their uh, typical range in the Galapagos Islands. Uh, in Canada, Europe, the UK, Denmark, Spain, Nova Scotia. Uh, 
the on on Wikipedia under range they would they would say they said they live in other places outside their normal range like uh, they live in the UK and also the Isle of Man, which is a little island in the UK, which is like, why are you saying they live all over this country and also in a specific place in this country? There's a couple of like they live in that. the Caribbean and also in Trinidad and Tobago. Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, that's the Caribbean. I figured uh, like and they live in Nova Scotia, but also these Pacific islands near Nova Scotia. Okay. Mostly Central and South America, though. That's where. That's pretty much where we can. That's their main area. Yeah. So their diet: uh, magnificent frigate birds eat mostly seafood, uh, including fish, squid, sh- uh, jellyfish, crustaceans. Uh, but their diet can depend on what's available, their preferred hunting method, and how they how old they are. Um, so it's it's not uh, cut and dry. The individuals have. Um, styles and preferences um but they'll also eat like terrestrial animals sometimes during mating season males attract females by inflating their red throat sacs and clacking their beaks together to create a rapid fire hollow tapping sound it's almost like if you were drumming on a balloon they're called gular sacs that's what the name of that big red thing is that's appropriate i like that name that's a good naming convention the gular sack yeah uh females are attracted to males by the sound and bright red color but they're believed to choose males by the nest site that he chooses to sit in so they they the males will choose a nest site and then they'll inflate their gulars and start drumming and she'll come and like sit in it and be like I don't like the feng shui in this nest site. It's like, I like your gular, but I don't like your feng shui. Yeah. I don't like your housing choices. I don't like your decor. You're, 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 you're good at gular, but you're bad at interior design. I mean, it's true in humans too. Like if you ask, if you, if you go out on a date and you got a good gular game, but then like whenever she sees your apartment and it's a pigsty, and it doesn't have a good enough breeze for which you can lift out of it <laughs> with your wings, <laughs> then it's just not going to happen. <laughs> I never, never realized I appreciated the style of humor that just obliterates metaphors halfway through. <laughs> dropped like a bag of hammers <laughs> that's good that's good um yeah i mean you can you can be as fancy as you want but <laughs> it's you dropped gotta, you gotta have a you gotta have a nice place to bring her home to <laughs> okay um uh, bah, 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 what else oh they... did you mention their wingspan is eight feet long i didn't that's, a, that's that is a big bird that's a big bird, not as big as Big Bird, but it's a big bird. Although That's I true. think it probably is bigger than Big Bird's wingspan. I bet you Big Bird's wings, because Big Bird's wingspan is probably about a human's wingspan. <laughs> 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 I don't know if you notice there's a person in there. Um, so there's <laughs> maybe it's a little that. bit more than six feet. I bet you it's like maybe maybe six six six. Um, 
They nest in trees and bushes, especially on islands with mangroves. They like islands with mangroves. Um, so and it's, tra- it's fairly traditional uh, nesting style where it's a little bran- uh, little bowl of branches and twigs um, that they just set upon something. Uh, they lay a single egg at a time. Um, both males and females sit on the egg for 50 to 60 days. After the egg hatches, the male, uh, the male parent will get on out and the female will stay to provide, uh, for the hatchlings for about a year. And that's all I got for that. All right. Time for the major fact, which I'm naming a pirate's flight for me. Ah, nice. So, as you mentioned, Maggie's can hunt for their food when needed. Get it? You like Maggie's? They're magnificent. Uh, That's what I'd call call If I had a magnificent frigate bird, I would definitely name it Maggie. Um... But why get your own food when you can steal someone else's? Because it's wrong. They don't have the same moral compass <laughs> that you do. You need to practice some cultural relativism. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay for them because they say it's okay. <laughs> um, is that how it works? So what they do is they've developed these aggressive harrying techniques to either snap up fish that other birds have just routed or flushed out. Like like another bird will scare flying fish and they'll all like jump out of the water and then they'll come and kind of snag snag the, the fish that they were going for. Um, but their size and their numbers often allow them to single out individual seabirds like gulls and tropical birds um, or even other lone frigate birds to literally steal their lunch in a practice known as klepto parasitism which involves you know stealing from others to sustain yourself like the government but the fun doesn't end if the other bird manages to actually swallow their prey um when they see the frigate bird bullies approaching um the 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 uh frigate bird will poke and prod the other bird until it vomits up its booty (laughs) uh it's it isn't as nasty as it sounds since seabirds tend to actually try and swallow their food whole and like store it in their crop which is their the a sack in their neck where they can store food temporarily and they can take it back to their nests to feed their their young and stuff like that so rather than swallowing it and like starting the digestive process they just get it in their mouths and keep it um so sometimes a whole and still living fish is spat back out um, which the frigate bird will go and try to catch before it falls in the water and then they have to do the hunting and that's no fun. Um, so all yeah, all this is done in midair, which leads to some pretty impressive in-flight acrobatics. Kind of like two floppy blue angels doing their, their thing. Um, <laughs> there's actually a really good BBC, David Attenborough, uh, like tense chase uh, thing that they've they've edited together. So check it out. Um, if the other bird is small enough, the frigate bird might even grab them with their beak and pull them around until they open their mouths to squawk in distress and drop their drop their treasure. 
um, their favorite approach is um, an attack from above. So they'll just kind of be above like the that big red dragon thing from Avatar. Um, and will look down at the birds that are looking down at the fish. And when the bird gets a fish, the, the frigate bird will come down and attack the bird until it releases the fish it just got and then take the fish. Um, this will like, just reach up from, sneak up from behind and just shake the devil out of him. Um, <laughs> and, but frigate birds aren't as maneuverable. They're, they're big. Um, and, but because they're big, they are, they have a lot of, uh, speed and power behind their, their flaps. And so they can go, they can go faster on straight away. Um, but you know, if the, if, if there's a lot of maneuvering, they might lose them. And also, um, they do their best to not actually get wet despite being seabirds. Um, they don't have a lot of oil in their feathers. So water doesn't, um, like beat up. They don't have hydrophobic feathers like ducks and gulls do. And they can just float on the water and fly away without being soaked. Um, much like cormorants and aningas, like they, if they get in the water, they are going to be drenched and then they can't fly anymore. So uh, it's a delicate, it's a delicate um, balancing act because then the, the, the bird that they're attacking can just go really close to the water and that's their safe zone. Um, so, but ultimately, like they're usually pretty successful at stealing other birds' food, and so bringing home the base the bacon involves thrashing the bird nerds until they give up their lunch money. <laughs> it's like <laughs> if Barbosa was mixed with that like thirty year old high school bully from Napoleon Dynamite, the give me your tots guy. Yeah, the inexplicably old man. Yeah. Um, and. And yeah, so like if uh, again, I, uh, you should watch the BBC thing uh, because they, it's really well edited, really well put together. They should they kind of like follow this one like gull that wants to bring food back to its hatchling, um, but it went out and got the food, but now it can't bring it back because every time it gets food, it gets attacked by frigate birds, um, and it's it's it, like there's a lot of it's tense. My heart was pounding. Um, but eventually, spoiler, he does get through. At least it's edited in a way that makes it seem like he gets through. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're, they're bully pirates. They wait until you dig up the... Tr they're, they're, the um, they're that big corporation in every like treasure hunting movie or game. Where like the treasure hunter who knows all of the history and, all of the, and solves all the clues like goes and does all the work and then the corporation just like blows a hole in the wall and points a gun at them and takes all the treasure that's them so they don't get arrested at the end they are <laughs> um they are nazis they're nazis they're sean bean they're the all the all the guys from the uncharted series all the guys yeah. from the tomb raider series like every single one of these is exactly the same there is one lone very smart charismatic person with a few friends that goes and solves all the all the problems all the um all the the puzzles they they risk death they climb up on all these things they um and they finally make it to the treasure and then and then the nazis just blow a hole in the wall and say thank you so much indiana jones for solving this riddle for us we will be taking the ark of the covenant and leaving goodbye why they should make a uh 
they should make one where they the the our hero is always late like the uh, the bad guys are just as good at history as they are <laughs> they, they they have a good history man on their side too yeah but or, or it's like indiana jones is is trying to get to it but like Laura Croft just has like a bunch, like has more resources. She's actually wealthy, so she, you know, she she just hired a bunch of like goons to help her get to the treasure first. And so Indy has to like go up against the Tomb Raider. They stuff. use AI to solve the puzzles. <laughs> they think Google. It. <laughs> why? Why do I need to know ancient Koine Greek to solve this puzzle? I just I I got Google. <laughs> um. But yeah, and, and despite despite how formulaic those uh, movies and games are, I love it every single time. Also, National Treasure does the same exact thing. All three times, or twice, or however many movies of those that they made. I, I've seen the first two of it. I don't know if they continued it. But I think The Mummy does the same thing. The Mummy? No, no. No, no. It starts off that way, but then the mummy is released, and then it's all about not dying to the mummy. Right, exactly. It's less about, like, getting the treasure. It's more about putting the mummy away. <laughs> um, I love the mummy. It's such a great movie. It's very good. That's all I got. That's all I got. All right. That was the magnificent frigate bird. Well, by the way... Um, I wanted to mention this according to the Wikipedia article. Christopher Columbus encountered magnificent frigate birds um, in the in, uh, during his famous voyage uh, to bring smallpox to the Western Hemisphere <laughs> uh, in 1492, and he says that. Quote, they saw a bird that is called a frigate bird, which makes the boobies throw up what they eat in order to eat it herself. She does not sustain herself on anything else. Um, wow. So they knew its whole spiel back then. Yeah. And they also say it's a seabird, but it does not alight on the sea nor depart from land 20 leagues. Um, so, yeah, they noticed that it doesn't doesn't like rest on the water because it can't. It would get soaked. And it attacks other birds for its food. So, and apparently it was attacking uh, blue-footed boobies, which hmm. is a kind of bird with a funny name. Um, so yeah, Christopher Columbus noticed these guys. I don't know if that makes them better or worse for you, but we've known about them for a while and how rude they are. Um, it's probably one of those things where the Vikings were actually the first to see frigate birds. Yeah, there's probably like <laughs> Leif Erikson carved a frigate bird into one of his like warships, and uh, and we should be we should have statues of Leif Erikson because the Vikings um, were much less morally reprehensible. Than <laughs> um, so for you out there in Podcastia, inflate your gular sack, take what you can, and give nothing back. Like the magnificent frigate bird here in life, death, and taxonomy.
Hey Taxonomy Titans, I just want to remind you that we now have a Patreon. Patrons can see full video episodes and get shoutouts on the show. But ultimately, it's a way for you to help us cover some costs and get even better. Still, reviews are the best way to help us grow. So if you haven't left one yet, we'd really love to hear from you. As always, thanks for listening and engaging. podcast <laughs> nice so you had pirates of the caribbean in your stick sh- 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 the entire time yeah my plan i haven't done the intro yet but i'm gonna do it all with a piratey accent that's fun